wish I had started like trusting myself earlier. I wish I had known like, no, you really know how it's supposed to be. And so holding on to that vision with a like death grip Mm -hmm. is vital. And that's something that I'm just now in the past couple years, like starting to understand. And if I had understood it earlier, things would have been a lot easier. Jade Rivera is the founder of Sunnyside Micro School for neurodivergent children. She's an author, educator, coach, and innovator. You can follow her work online at Sunnyside underscore micro school. She's a Fulbright scholarship recipient and former chemist. Her book, Micro Schools, Creating Personalized Learning on a Budget, has inspired countless passionate individuals. And her most recent publication, Could You Live Underwater? A Design Thinking and STEM Curriculum, is available now. She is an advocate for project-based learning and a dedicated Tarot practitioner. She lives in Oakland with her husband, Sam, and their two cats. We met up in San Francisco on a cold winter evening to record this chat. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. Thank you for being here, Jade. Thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm just so glad you're here. When I first conceived of this concept... I remember sitting in an auditorium with you and telling you about it, and you were like, that's amazing, you should do it. And I was like, and you're going to be my guest. And now, here we are. No, I love it when you make a plan to do a thing, and then you do the thing. And do the thing. Follow through. It's good. It's addictive. Have you always been like a follow-througher? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I live in fear of being the person who says that they're going to do things and then doesn't do them. Mm. So everything you say, you do, you do. Or I just don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great, too. That's great, too. Um, Mindful speech. Yeah, you know, we all have that person in our life, right? That's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, it's going to be so great. Are you going to be there when we did it? And then they never do. And you're like, Mm. wah, wah. Mm -hmm. Trying not to be that person. Well, it's Because that guy's not legit. No, that guy is not legit. legit. I'm trying to be legit. Yes, you are legit. That's why you're here. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Yes, precisely that. So here's a question. What did you do over the last 24 hours? It's a school night. It's a school day. How how did you spend your last 24? Let's see here. Uh, So... (laughs) Well, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not typical. So, um, I'm having kind of an atypical 24 hours. So I don't know that it's the best example, uh, mainly because I'm having a wonderful social time right now, which Mm. I suppose maybe for the holidays that makes sense. But last night at this time, I was getting out of a concert to, that I went to see with my dear friend. We went saw Childish Gambino. It was fantastic. I highly recommend seeing um, him in concert if mm, you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a really, really wonderful example of a person doing what they were meant to do mm. and um, and excelling at it. So really, like, inspirational. Um, and then we had, at Sunnyside Micro School, it was presentation day. So all of the students presented on something that they felt called to share, something that they feel excited about um, with their families and the other community members, and that was super sweet. And, um, and then we, you know, finished out the rest of the school day. I went home and, um, you know, took care of some email and uh, did some house stuff, and then I came to meet you. And here we so are. normally things are much more sort of packed mm-hmm. and much less social. Mm-hmm. Um, and but because it's the holidays and things, I'm kind of out there seeing people, and yeah. it's just worked out that I get to see people like like you and like my my other friend last night. So oh, it's been nice. That is a great thing about the holidays: slowing down and yeah. reconnecting with the yeah. people you really love. It's true. It's probably the best part. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's sort of a, it's a predictable time every year. You don't have to stress about where's the work coming from, or you know, am I going to be able to step away, or are people going to be reaching out to me and then I'm not following up with yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. Um, Everyone's sort of stepping away. We've all made away. the decision. It's yeah. really nice. <laughs> it's a collective decision to step yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, then you're the strange one. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the um, transition from 2018 to 2019, and um, 
the concept of like releasing and revealing, mm. you know, like well, what am I releasing and what will be revealed to me? Mm. Pretty excited about both those ideas. Do you have an active practice that is taking you through a process to have those conversations? Uh, yeah, definitely. I have a pretty strong kind of intuitive practice with um, tarot and astrology that's been um, really weaves its way through every single thing I do, even if I'm not particularly vocal about it. You know, I don't talk that. I talk with you about it. There's a handful of people I talk to about mm-hmm. it, but I'm not out there, so to speak. Well, I would like to dive into that a little bit because you just opened yourself up to it. How long have you have you been into it since you were a kid? I've been into um, intuitive practices since I was a kid. Absolutely. When I was younger, I found this book that was about fortune telling. And there was one um, particular chapter that was like, fascinating to me about using about cards about tarot cards and about playing cards and using playing cards to um to tell fortunes um even though I would never you know that's not what I do now whatsoever that's nonsense but um but that's what I did when I was younger and it was I, I liked it it was a very grounding fun kind of hobby for me and then um about eight years ago I returned to it and um, started studying tarot in earnest um, along with astrology and um, it's just been a wonderful sort of guiding light in my life and Mm -hmm. it offers me a lot of peace and um, an insight into myself opportunities for reflection for you know kind of reevaluating the philosophy of your life all kinds of things that I really enjoy, and um, it can be really hard to make time for. So when you have these tools available to you, it's um, it helps you make that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have been really amazed by what reading cards has brought to my experience in the world, and I'm like barely touching my toe in the water. It's like I'm yeah. I'm using the guide. It was really wonderful. Yeah, it 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 changed our life. Yeah, and it um yeah. you know in some just and, and I don't know if it was the cards or yeah. like what what it was was actually pausing with intention exactly. to think about the thing that's on my heart yeah. and keeping me up at night and in the back of my mind and on the tip of my tongue that I have not had the space or time to articulate. And just by putting it into the universe and by hearing it, my own self, I was able to see it. And you can't do anything about anything until you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You have that sort of physical manifestation. I call it like a physical manifestation of empathy mm. and um, of understanding of like deep knowing. And like what's, what's cool about that is like you can deconstruct that entire sentence into Tarot if you want to. Like you're talking about Queen of Swords. You're talking about hermit card, um, and uh, you're talking about chariot card, and um, that's what I love about tarot, which is it's sort of like a, you know, it's all of life. Mm. Every single, every single moment of life is reflected in those cards. Every single want, every single need, every single feeling, circumstance, situation is all right there. And so anytime you pull a few cards, you're looking at something that's relevant to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you're having an opportunity to reflect on that slice of what's relevant to you. Mm. And that's just, you know, like I said a moment ago, it's, um, it's so rare to have that time. And so having these tools, especially now, seems particularly powerful. So tell me more about especially now. I think we are like... I mean, it's our, like, culture of busy, right? And it's our culture of busy, it's late-stage capitalism, it's the gig economy, it's all of this, like, uh, economical stress, economical and social stress that we're living with, and um, and the, uh, you know, and, and how there's just all this pressure to go, 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 you know, bringing it back to how wonderful it being the holidays, whether you believe or don't believe or celebrate or don't celebrate, the opportunity to just slow down a little bit is welcome by all. And um, and so I think when you have little tools like that, it, 
it sort of forces you to take a moment to take that pause Mm -hmm. with intention, Mm -hmm. like you so wonderfully said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing too like profound, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, we're all living in this like weird times. (laughs) So how do you, how do you slow down? Well, I have a lot of like privilege in my life. Um, you know, mainly because I made the decision to not have children. So that was an intentional decision that I made. And um, mainly because I just could not do the math on that. I'm like, A plus B does not equal C in this equation from what I can tell, you know. And so um, I just did not understand how it was all going to fit. So I chose not to go down that road. That wasn't my path. So... um, I, I'm blessed in that I live a slower life than many and maybe than most. Um, and at the same time, I know that. And so I do push myself extra hard and I do hold myself to like a pretty high standard because I don't have that. Um, because I want to make up for that somehow. I don't know. It's a strange way. It's a strange way of talking about it or of thinking about it, but there's almost like, well, I have all this time. I need to do something with it. So I need to push myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I did that for a number of years and, um, you know, some great things came out of it. Um, and I guess what I'm doing now is, you know, like I, I try, I don't answer email after seven. I don't look at email on the weekends or I do my best not to. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really, I try not to text works. I I try not to do any work thing after seven. Um, Some days I'm more successful at that than others. That's a great boundaries time. Yeah. Like seven feels like you've done a real full day. Yeah, that's been a really full day. And yeah, I'm like, is anything that productive going to happen? At no, this point? that's what I found as well. That's when I make most of my most of my mistakes. Is mm. when I was working those seven to ten at night hours. Mm-hmm. That's when I'd really mess things up, and um, then have to go back and do work to undo that. Right. Totally. So I'm just like making double work for myself. So what if I just stopped? <laughs> I like that. And it's, I mean, and it's been great. <laughs> it's been really great. So yeah, yeah. What was the big, like, push? Like, what gave you the big push to just, like, not go out and get a job and just, you know, be a teacher or, you mm-hmm. know, do a thing and to, mm-hmm. and to, and to yeah. you know, create together this whole, this whole ecosystem of, of work that, that you do in mm-hmm. the world? Mm-hmm. There's not a roadmap for what you do specifically. It's, it's very, it's a very niche. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, so I have been an educator, my, something I realize now is that I've been an educator for most of my life in one form or another. Um, I was the oldest in my family. I, uh, and, um, you know, I, I tutored, I helped others. I taught others. I taught swim lessons. Um, I've, I had an instructional position actually as an undergrad teaching my classmates, um, how to do various things. And, um, and so, yeah, I've just always been an educator yet being a conventional classroom teacher felt very out of reach for me just because I know who I am and I know that I need to be able to use the bathroom whenever I want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's like pretty baseline. Right. Um, and, and so education felt out of reach for me and I, I ended up becoming a chemist of all things. Um, that's what I ended up studying. I kind of landed in some science classes and really enjoyed my time um, in my chemistry classes, and uh, and ended up becoming a chemist. And I, I love science. I love chemistry. It's it's wonderful. And working as a professional chemist um, in in hard science was culturally intolerable for me. Mm. And, uh, I tried and I tried and I, I tried to make it work in a variety of ways and it just wasn't working. And so, uh, one day I quit and I really had no plan, but, um, I had a friend who was a nanny and she seemed like she had a lot of fun 
and she made money. And so I started nannying as well. And I've ended up being hired as the chemistry teacher for this very small school um, for uh, neurodivergent children. And um, it was right away just very, very obvious that I had found my sort of place. Mm. And um, it was extremely atypical. Uh, you know, the, stu- the population that we served was is, is small, to say the least, micro, so to speak. And, um, and then the way that we do it is unusual as well. And so or the way we were doing it and the way I continue to do it is unusual. So it was kind of like I was, I feel like I sort of tumbled into it, mm. but in a way that, um, but in a graceful way. Uh, in a in a very na- sort of naturally unfolding way that that I am thankful for in hindsight. Hmm. Yeah. That's that is a lot to be thankful for because it's not always like that. No. <laughs> Do you feel like did did it just work and money came in? And you were able to like pay your bills? No, not at all. How, how did it, no. how did you, how did you do that? No. Like, did you have support? What was yeah, that like? Yeah, yeah. I was just very poor. Mm. I was extremely poor. And, um, it was, you know, I lit, I lived in places that were, you know, very inexpensive. And so the, <laughs> the sort of, uh, accessories that come along when you live in a place that's very inexpensive Mm -hmm. (laughs) came along with it yeah and I just lived very simply I never went anywhere I never you know I never ate out I never I just did my work and um for a long time that's what I did I just Mm -hmm. did my work and I just was very very poor Mm -hmm. (laughs) very 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 poor because yeah, not a lot, not a lot of help, and really no help. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, I just made the choice to kind of live monk life. Yeah, yeah, I went on monk life. Well, I think that that's really important to remember because I think a lot of people, um, especially people who are super active in social media or super engaged in a community of of people who do the same or who are pursuing the same kind of thing as them, there is a bit of you know, a keeping up with the Joneses, Mm -hmm. like, well, they're doing more than I am, Mm -hmm. or they have better equipment than I do, Mm -hmm. or better any number of things. Yeah. And it, 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 I think that that phenomenon has caused a lot of people who are trying to get a start these days to make very poor financial decisions. Mm -hmm. And instead of living within their means and just grinding it out, putting their noses to mm-hmm. the grindstone, so to speak. They are spending money they don't have, yeah. taking out loans they shouldn't need, yeah. Yeah. living a life that that they might get to mm-hmm. in 10 years after mm-hmm. doing the work. But what ends up happening is they're, they become crippled under debt and... Um, you know, or they have to take a terrible job doing a thing that they don't like to yeah. do because they have to pay for a lifestyle that they could have achieved if they had done the work. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, <laughs> when people talk about minimum viable products, like I know what that is in my work. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know the minimum, minimum, minimum mm-hmm. viability that we can live with and still make it work and still have a joyful time and still serve children and serve families. And, um, and you know eat sometimes and I think that's so I'm so glad I know that because um it makes business decisions it makes difficult business decisions a lot easier to make Mm. because I'm like we actually don't need this yes it actually doesn't matter if we have this or not because it doesn't affect um you know the product or the experience or the service that we that we provide yes so that's that's I'm I'm glad that I did it so cheaply for so long mm-hmm. because I know that you don't need much and um and now that we do have more I feel like I'm able to make very wise decisions with it because mm-hmm. we did we do we do we did scrape by for so long and we still scrape by to a certain extent but it's not like it used to be yeah 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 I mean 
And also there's something to be said for like being in the gym shooting hoops. You know what I mean? Like you gotta put your time in on the court before you make it to whatever. To the big leagues, doggy. Like totally mixing sports (laughs) metaphors there. It's okay. All sports metaphors are lost on me, but that's all right. There are people who will get it. Like there's something to be said for that. And I think people want to skip that step. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm like, don't, that's like such juicy, wonderful stuff. And That's when you learn everything. That's like such a, that's when you like mess up. Up and you like, you know, and you, you, <laughs> you aren't doing a Facebook live every day about it, or you aren't doing an Instagram live every day about it. So nobody sees, so you can just pick yourself up and keep going, yeah. you know, like I think giving yourself that space where like nobody's watching you. It's not performative. You just practicing, you're just getting experience. Um, I, I think that if people approached their sort of innovative ideas or their concepts or their journey from that perspective, then it might be a little bit easier on some people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or it might not be easier, but it will turn them into more effective, whatever it is that they want to be. It won't be easier. Yeah. In fact. Great it point. will be harder, yeah. but but it, but the benefits will, what, will what be is, greater. What is the kind? There's like the hard you can walk back from, and then there's bankruptcy, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. one kind of hard you can walk back from. The other one is like yes. pretty intense. <laughs> kind of like ruin Jeez, your life. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on wood. Okay, no one go through bankruptcy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people probably need to, but. Nobody well, we know. And then, yeah, no, I mean, and uh, and I mean, just to say, like, that's also not the end of the world. Like, right. none, there's no, like, you're not, then they don't, you're not going to die from it. You know that's what I right. mean? That's but right. at the same time, I'm glad that, like, that's not our reality right now. Right so now. So I'm thankful. I'm just grateful yes. for that. That's all. Yes. Yeah. So speaking of bankruptcy, what, what was your biggest fear when you were making this happen? What is your biggest fear now? Messing kids up. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, that's just, I mean, if that wasn't my biggest fear, that would be a problem, right? Like, that should be, like, pretty much from the beginning of my mind all the time. Like, I don't want to mess anyone's kids up. But luckily, I've been doing this for 12 years, and so I've seen students go from, you know, I've seen, I have student. some of my first students are in college now. And so I know that the super unorthodox, unconventional way that we come at education is actually works. Mm. The proof is in the pudding, right? Like I still see students on the street that will be like, that was the best school I ever went to. You were the best teacher I ever had. Mm. And I'm like, really? (laughs) You know, but like, that's how they feel. That's what they think. So, um, so I think that's like, it's like first do no harm, right? It's, I'm constantly like, are we making the most informed, research-driven, heart-driven choices each day with our students that is that that we possibly can? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, where to push, where to pull, where to back off, where to give space. You know, those are all the things that I'm always thinking about in our learning environment, and um, and they're the most difficult because they're the most ambiguous. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no KPI on that. So, <laughs> so you, you have to watch. You just have to watch and just And you have do. to be super present. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be creating your own feedback loop because the kids, the kids will show you, but they're yeah. not going to tell you. Yeah. So you have to be watching for it all yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you have to be super self-aware yeah. also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Agree. So that is my biggest, um, you know, that's the thing that's on my mind from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and I dream about it too. Um, and also I'm blessed that I've been doing this long enough that I know that, um, that it's extremely enriching for families and children. So Mm. it's good. Tell me a little bit about, um, the philosophy that you believe in as an educator. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that there you have recorded yeah. several podcasts with all sorts of people that dives really deeply into how you do what you do, yeah, and the nuts and bolts, and yeah. it's fascinating. Thank you. Um, so people, I can put some of those in the show notes for people who want to like dive more deeply into right. that. I'm yeah. super curious to know, um, you know, high level. Yeah, what do you think is important in education, and what do you think kids need? Um, 
I mean, me, like, for Sunnyside Micro School in, in particular, you know, we are very much a vision and mission-driven organization. You know, there's a lot of lip service paid to, like, mission statements and vision statements, and people are like, oh, this is corporate, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But I firmly believe, and when I teach other people how to build micro schools, this is what we start with, because I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that if you sit there with it, and you distill your thoughts and your feelings down through that lens of what is your vision, what kind of world are you trying to create, and how are you going to do it in your mission, then you'll always have a roadmap for your business. You'll always know where you're going. It makes decision making so easy. And so to me, it's like we're building a world that values cognitive diversity. We were building a world where neurodivergent children can demonstrate their skills, their abilities, their loves in a way that's personal and meaningful for them. Um, That's what we want. We want students to be in touch with who they are. So building self-awareness, understanding their strengths um, so that they can move through this world in a way that reflects their highest and best. And, um, and that's really what, that's really what we're about. That's, that's really what I care about in education. Can your child make decisions that are self-connected? Um, can your, you know, can your child, um, do they know, are they able to identify thoughts from feelings? Are they able to communicate about their feelings? Do they understand, um, the feelings of others? Um, the thoughts and why another perspective, why another person might have different thoughts and feelings than theirs. Um, you know, these are all, to me, these are all the things that are missing in conventional education and, um, and they're really the meat of why education exists Mm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, and I say that, you know, I love math, like math is important. Reading is important. All those things are important. Absolutely. Of course. And they don't, when you come at those from a sort of like a holistic, respectful, peaceful, consensual sort of lens, that other stuff gets brought along with it as well. So it doesn't have to be an either or. It's Mm -hmm. and, 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 and. Mm. Because we're living life. We live, you know, we live our life in that classroom. We're not doing school. We're living life. Well, and that's so much more valuable because people in the world need to know all the things that you just described. They need to know how they feel and how to articulate it. I mean, if they're going to be successful human beings, they they need to have all of those skills. And I think that, I think our traditional school system is really far behind the curve in that regard. I think that the school system that we have traditionally is still preparing children to become factory workers and that's just not what we've got going on these days. Yeah. That's not where our economy is. World. Yeah. yeah, and so things are changing fast, and mm-hmm. people need to be creative, and they need to be industrious, and they mm-hmm. need to be self-motivated, and they need to be able to work well with others, and mm-hmm. to be empathetic, and to be visionary, and to mm-hmm. have ideas, and to pursue them. And if we tell everybody that it's time to paint the you know butterfly wings orange and the butterfly body black yeah then what do we have yeah you know kids aren't going to be prepared for that yeah i mean it's it's well said and it's absolutely true i agree with you 100 percent. and i guess yeah i guess what i want what i wish people understood was that like those things are not a curriculum. Those things are not standardizable. Those things are not gradable. What all the things, all the wonderful things that you just listed off. They are part of the culture that you build in your micro school, mm-hmm. in your home, in your community. That's mm-hmm. the, you know, we're culture builders. Um, I think that more, if more educators kind of came at their work through that lens of we're building a culture here, mm-hmm. um, then they might find a lot more purpose in their work. Um, or I guess I should say that sounds a little bit rude, but like maybe they would more easily connect with the purpose of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would I would yeah. also say that I think that they might even be more engaged in their work because they're not following a formula. Yeah. They because because unfortunately in, in traditional school there is a formula and it's called the standards mm-hmm. and you follow them and this is how it is. Yeah. And you know I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. And at the same time, 
there are, there are bigger, more important things yeah. that you need to learn that um, that can that can go hand in hand with learning your ABCs, your colors, your letters, etc. Yeah, and I think that one of the things is that I, I think that from what I'm seeing out in the world is that people go into education thinking that they're going to have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're just not set up for success Um, financially. They aren't supported professionally. Um, And so they get into a a trap around trying to, um, I don't know, check off boxes, fill in blanks, things like that. just because they're like blindsided by the reality of their Mm -hmm. career. And I actually have a lot of empathy for that because that's how chemistry was for me. I was like completely blindsided by the reality of my career once I got out of school and um, had to leave. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have compassion for that. And also, um, I do think that there is a, there's another way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even at this other way, which is really... You know, I love that you've created a thing that follows the guidelines that you believe should be the way in the world, at least for, you know, the group that gravitates towards that reality. You still need to take breaks. And we talked about that a little bit, how you recharge and like that. And I'm I'm curious, you know, for for an educator, you have built-in breaks. Mm-hmm. How do you... How do you use those? You're funny. We don't have built-in breaks. <laughs> so the, okay. Okay. Yes. Say more. Yes. Re-educating. You know, it's so funny that you bring this up because actually I just spoke with my um, coworker with the other teacher and I was like, we need to start taking breaks. This need this needs to happen. Like, this is happening. You, I want you to go on a walk for 20 minutes and come back, talk so to me. So I meant like winter breaks. You don't get oh, any breaks in the day. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, see, I know you yeah, don't get any breaks yeah. in the day. Oh, okay, okay. No, okay. no. I mean, like, you get Yeah, sure, break. Thanksgiving in two weeks, and then you have summer and things. You know, it's interesting um, because... Those are breaks, but those, but at the same time, they're not. You know, what, what will I be doing? I'll be, like, planning our next semester. I'm looking for a new home for Sunnyside. I have some surveys I need to create so that I can kind of, like, pull the community on where their needs are at. Um, you know, I'll be doing some sort of long-term visionary work. Um, and also, I'm starting an education doctorate, so that's going to be what I do on breaks. So, um, so no breaks, no breaks so, for you. <laughs> so I don't know. I think like I try to rest where I can. I think rest where you can is kind of it's really been my it's really been my motto for a long time. Um, I kind of I really identify with the B archetype. Um, Say more. Yeah, like the, the bee, like the bee oh, rests the bee. where it can, right? Yes, like, mm-hmm. like the buzzing it's like bee. like doing its thing, and then it's just always, always, always gathering, 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 right, and depositing, and then sometimes it takes a little break on flower for a sec. It, when it gets really exhausted, it needs some sugar water. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. rest where you can. That's what I do. Well, I appreciate your honesty, and I think that it's really important for people to really hear that, like mm-hmm. when you are... When you are trying to make something out of nothing, when you are committed and you have made a choice that you're going to be self-sufficient and you're going to make it work, you, like, what is a break? You do the thing. You do what you need to do. Yeah. And that's every day. Yeah, right. And so then it's it's funny, like, right? Like the sort of arc of working for yourself or the arc of creating something out of nothing it's like you have first you're just like shooting hoops in the gym right you're just like yes back like to my, the you're just like practicing, practicing practicing doing 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 getting experience 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 um and you're just like working non-stop and you're just in it you're in you're in the you're in the soup and and then you kind of like burn out a little bit and you have to kind of walk away and really reflect and think about why am I doing this again? And am I really doing this the best way I could be doing it? And I had those years. Um, I had two years where I um, 
I had two years. One of the years I wrote a book, and another year I just consulted and um, and coached, and um, that was great. That was that was wonderful. I needed that break. And then you, you come back to it kind of with fresh eyes, but with a lot of experience. And you're like, we're going to do things differently this time. This time I'm not, I'm stopping email at seven. Mm-hmm. That was an intention that I went into this new micro school with. Mm-hmm. I'm into this next phase of my work with. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that you, it can be difficult. You know, it's always difficult to put boundaries in on the back end, but like, through experience, you learn what boundaries are available to you, and you better take advantage of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find your perks and milk them. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, what are you excited to try and do this coming year? I mean, in 2019... In 2019, I am really wanting things to be a bit more easeful. Um, I want to stop questioning myself so much. Uh, I need. I want to. I'm. I'm really wanting to just like settle into the trust of my experience, and that I know what I'm doing, and it's fine. Um, you know, physically, I'd really like for us to move into a larger space. I was talking to you about that earlier. You know, on this hunt for our next home is like forefront in my mind. I really want to start running summer camps. Um, so yeah, so trusting myself, finding a new physical space, and expanding our services once we find that physical space, God willing. <laughs> Keep putting it out there. Yeah, Keep right. telling people you need it. Yeah, seriously. A commercial real estate person is just going to pop right out of, the, <laughs> out of the asphalt and say, I found a perfect location for your micro school. Yes. Sunnyside can live here. Yes. Bring it on. I want Om it. Shanti. <laughs> I don't think that's the right one, but it is what it is. Okay, so here's my next question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, I hate questions like this. Well, I'm sorry. But you're you the, you're you're the only for. person who asks me questions like this. It's I mean, okay let's see. Know. I'll be like, what? I'll be like 50. Um, You'll be almost 50. I'll be You'll almost be 49. I'll be, I'll be 49. This time, 10 years from now. Yeah, I know. I'll be 49. I will have had my education doctorate for a good long while. I would love to be adjuncting. Is that a verb? I don't sure. Know it, is. it is today. I would love to be adjuncting at a local university or a local college, talking to people about neurodivergent children and, um, and unconventional education and ultra- innovative education choices. Um, I would love to have written some more books and done more speaking. Um, I would love for Sunnyside to be thriving and beautiful and, you know, just kind of humming along with um, the usual sort of hiccups rather than anything sort of, you know, structural. Um, Again, we need a new space. Anybody out there who's got a space? Um, happening. And uh, I would love to have for us to have a preschool. Mm. I love that. I would love to have a preschool. Because they're neurodivergent children. They're in preschool, too. They, mm-hmm. need, a, they need a space. So Totally. Yeah. I so, love that. Thank you. Start them young. Yeah. Let them know that their gifts are... Yeah. Great. Yes. And let them learn to harness them early. Amazing. So I guess May that all occur for I you. I would love to have lived in Marseille for three months. Okay. Okay, yes. <laughs> At some Get point after it. Time. What, else? Like, what else do you want? That's Tell really me. what I mean in all of my sort of like travel personal dreams. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to have lived in Marseille for three months mm. at some point in time. What do you like Sooner about Marseille? Sooner rather than later. It's just wonderful there. It's just like that's my place in life. I feel like, you know, there's Oakland, New Orleans, and Marseille. Those are really my places in this world. Mm. Um, I just feel connected to um, 
the way people live their lives in those places. And um, it just What's feels, I feel right when they're there. What's different about the way that they live their lives? I think people live very openly. It's like you, people just live very openly and it's very like of this earth. So it's like, you know, you know that I'm like obsessed with food and like dancing and having a good time and like joy. Um, All and also like, you know, introspection and kind of taking things deeper and farther Um, And I think that those are things that come really easily in Oakland, New Orleans, and Marseille. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. So I'm curious how you decide when an idea or a project or a partnership is worth pursuing and when you know when it's time to walk away. I think, like, you can get a sense if you share values with a person kind of right away. Um, At least for me, I know if I share values with a person right away. And if I do, then it's game on. And if I don't, then it's a polite no thank you. And uh, it's really as simple as that for me. And then you can get a little bit more sort of granular with it. Like, is the money right? Is the time right? Is, you know, and that's all stuff you have to balance. Like, I've certainly taken money gigs um, because sometimes you just have to do that. And um, I've certainly done things because I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Like, let's try this out. See how it feels, you know. But, um, But number one, if you're in a position like I am now and like so many are, you are as well, like where you're just like to the filled to the brim with work and you're just like working and then a new thing comes along it has to be 100% aligned with my values or it's a hell no mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah but then isn't it amazing how if it's 100% aligned you f- you'll find time for it <laughs> yeah no, right yeah we just said filled to the brim which yeah. means filled to the brim yeah 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 but you'll find Find it. I'll do it. And then you find yourself signed up for an education doctorate. And you're like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how, okay. Yeah. I don't know, but it's going to it's gonna work itself out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you find ways to work smarter, right? Like, I think one of the things about not doing email after 7 and also staying off as, you know, I really do my best to stay off of social media after 7 and to stay off as much as possible when we, like work smarter in that way it's a kind of amazing how much time you have Mm. you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that is an important thing to note yeah yes 100 percent. so along your path along your journey do you have any big regrets or any big missed opportunities that just slip through your fingers that you think about still um mainly and I I think this is I don't think I'm unique in this but like I wish I had started like trusting myself earlier I wish I had known like no you really know how it's supposed to be and so holding on to that vision with a like death grip Mm -hmm. is vital and that's something that I'm just now in the past couple years like starting to understand and if I had understood it earlier things would have been a lot easier. Mm. So, mm-hmm. And I didn't, I actually, Rachel, you don't know. I mean, you do know, but you probably don't remember. Like, I didn't figure that out about myself until I was in one of your, in your goal setting, New Year's thing, like two years ago. Really? I think so, yeah. So you had this one question that was like, what is the time when you felt like the most like yourself or mm-hmm. the most like mm-hmm. I can't remember what the it time was you feel most like yourself yeah and you were like when was or but there was something else too and I was like I had like the cheesiest answer I was like my wedding yes and my I wedding was like I loved my wedding I loved it it was the best day of my life and it's like so cheesy to be like a woman oh my wedding is my first day it's just really silly kind of in an old-fashioned way, but it truly was because I had a vision for that day, 
It did not line up in terms of con- what people conventionally want. Um, nobody really could see it, but I could see it. And I just went hard in that direction and chose not to care what other people were thinking or feeling necessarily. And then uh, the day came and it was amazing. It was the most magical day. And people were like, this is the best wedding I've ever been to. And I was like, see, <laughs> I'm a visionary. Trust. I was like, see, like, I know how to hold visions. So yes. I need to just start holding some damn visions. A hundred percent. Well, it's really interesting because we talked earlier about intuition and about, right. about paying attention and about yeah. trusting oneself. And I think that, um, I think that that is a key mm-hmm. to success in life is knowing that you have it and you can do it yeah. if you pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. If you pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So do that and you'll be, you'll, yeah, so you'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll be great. That's all, that's all it takes. Um, okay. So I would love to hear how you feel like you know, like, well, so here's the thing. I'm having a hard time asking the question because when I look at who you are and what you do, from my perspective, you've made it. That's sweet. But my question is like, how will you know mm-hmm. when you've made it? So how how will you know? I mean, financial. <laughs> just if you really want to get into yeah, it, yeah, you know, like financially, my business is extremely healthy. Um, like very, very healthy. Um, and I don't make anything per in terms of my like owner's draw or any, my own personal take home pay. I don't make anything like what my husband makes. And so I'm not even in like the same universe as him. And so, and that's wonderful because it provides me with this privilege to get to do this. And at the same time, like, that, you know, what if, God forbid, something happened to him? You know what I'm saying? Like, the I would not be able to live my life in the same way that I live it now, that I enjoy it now. And so that kind of, you know, just being, like, very, very honest, very real about it, um, which is something I don't think a lot of business owners are, which is... Um, an increased financial, personal financial sustainability mm-hmm. around the business would be just glorious. Mm-hmm. Would be absolutely glorious because I, you know, like I said, the our system and the business itself is like more than healthy. Um, and I am having to sock away a lot right now because I do want to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in a we're in a moment where we can. You know, if we play our cards right, we could really expand into something like even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, and so just balancing all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just balancing all that. I don't know if that answers the question. Really. It totally does. Oh, okay. I mean, I think that the answer is how will you know you've made it is like when you are when I stop worrying about when that. you stop worrying about yeah. money. And yeah. it's it's a it, it is a really important distinction, I think. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to hear that a person can have a super financially financially viable solvent business that's in the black and still not be personally, Mm -hmm. financially... Ballin'. Ballin'. (laughs) You can't be ballin'. Especially if you're an entrepreneur because so much of your money has to be invested. This is gold. Like, I just want everyone to listen to this because I am, like, friends with lots of entrepreneurs and they are deaf not ballin'. I think, like, if you, you are, like, you know, you, if you're doing it early days, you know, you're just putting everything back into the business. Mm -hmm. And so everything that you can, everything you can, you're putting back in the business. And so, um, don't. And so like going back to that social media bit, what keeps people, you know, this keeping up with the Joneses sort of, well, the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians. That's what they, it was named that literally because yeah, now here we are. Oh my gosh. You want to know something crazy about me? Yes. Me too. <laughs> I love them. Listen. I just love them. 
know. They're I don't incredible. know. They're incredible. Do you follow all of them on the internet? I don't follow them, no, but I look I at them. I follow several of them on the internet. <laughs> I look at them. You, 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 that's even more intense than following them. You seek them out. Wow. They're magic. They're unicorns. They're magic. They are not a rags to riches story. It's a no. rich to riches story. Yeah. But there's just something there. They captured the like zeitgeist in this way that is 100%. fascinating to me. And um, and the way that they just the way that they operate is has just completely captured my imagination. So. You know, that is, like, literally my dirtiest secret. So there you go. Yes! <laughs> yes. I don't know if that was your next I'm gonna question. I'm going to change but... the name of my podcast to your, <laughs> your dirtiest, dirtiest secrets. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be my... That's be podcast my number two, yeah. Yeah, that can be ours. Can yeah, be that's good. That's good. I like it. Yes. Okay, so here's my last and final question. Jade, I want to know, what is the meaning of life? Oh, lordy. Uh... I mean, you mean like, why are we living? I mean, what is the meaning of life? Like, why? Are, I don't know, Jade. I, I just asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's it, is to ask that question. Mm. That's like the, like, the deep, that, to live, to hold that question and to um, do anyway. And to love anyway, and to create anyway, and to not know the answer to that question, you just have to hold on to it. I think that that is the meaning of life. Yeah. Well, hot diggity bam. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. This was fun. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey. Editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Rankin. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit.